Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Monday Night Raw preview. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture and I'm joined by Andy Murray from What Culture to discuss everything that might happen on tonight's Monday Night Raw. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review Monday Night Raw, but also Friday Night Smackdown, the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestler interviews, roundtables, and we have a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. Murray, thank you very much for stepping in. It's going to be a strange old day here on the Other What Culture podcast feed. Yes. Uh, our listeners might already know that now as we are recording this in the morning and it will typically be our the last thing we do today. That will explain why right now we have very little on the docket officially. There's plenty to talk about. Triple H is actually booking these days. It's different to the old days of Vince McMahon having nothing on the table. <laughs> but is it too much of us to ask that with less than 24 hours before showtime, the uh, the flagship brand has one match? Um, mm. It would be nice to have more than just empty speculation, but we will try and get through it nonetheless. And the one match, at least, is a very big one. Raw hailing from Charlotte, North Carolina tonight, leads with a main event of Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the Women's Championship. One feels... This is kind of a last chance for Bailey and a last pairing of these two for a little while. Uh, any thoughts, not just on the match tonight, but on your perception on the feud overall? Damage Kataral, mm. Bailey's comeback, and every, everything that's brought us to this. Damage Kataral. Yeah. Um, hasn't lived up to the mighty promise that came from the original angle, I don't think, mm. Damage Kataral. Um, great, great, great stuff at SummerSlam. All your faves are back, mm. and, and look who's here leading them. Great stuff. I think it made a lot of sense, you know, people who've been left behind in the conversation mm. for various reasons. Bailey, because she's been injured for five years. Or <laughs> it felt like five years. That was a long absence. It really did. Sucks for her, obviously. Uh, Kai obviously was released. EO was reportedly on the verge of leaving, um, but ultimately stayed. So the narrative made sense. It was a talented group of people who you want to see doing great things together. And I, I just don't think it's really panned out. Um, in a way, despite, you know, Kai and Sky are obviously the women's tag team championship champions, but they've not really built that much of a compelling division around them to the point that the reign really means anything. While Bailey, uh, to be blunt, feels like a loser. They've, they've yeah. portrayed her kind of like this loser on television. And I don't know, I've just, I've not felt the follow-up to this whatsoever. I don't really get the impression that out with the odd isolated moment, Clash at the Castle, yeah. obviously, that they're hugely over mm-hmm. in their roles or anything like that. And it's, it's been the first big disappointment of the Triple H era for me, really. You know, outside of certain isolated things, bits and pieces here and there, where you can go, oh, I wish that match had ended this way or whatever. As far as, like, big picture things go, this has kind of been his first flop, I would say. Yeah. Um, 
Not that there isn't time for him to, like, turn this around to a degree, if indeed you believe it does need to be turned around, and I clearly do. Uh, And look, I love Bianca Belair. I think she should be WWE's franchise player. Um, Nobody's better equipped to play that role for me as far as, like, full-timers go. So uh, not a slight on the talent. I think everyone involved is great. But, uh, yeah, very hard for me to stay kind of invested in this beyond a pure, these people are very good, so the match should be very good yeah point. i completely agree um right up to that very last sentiment specifically i think triple h um had in his back pocket before any of this kicked off with him in the chair in wb this legacy of being a fantastic uh women's wrestling booker in north america maybe the best ever in north america mm. because that bar was so low in the first place. Uh, excuse me w-o-w is back <laughs> oh yeah sorry come on you know, like, notwithstanding what we used to get on that random ship in Vegas in nineteen in the 1980s with Glow and whatever, <laughs> um, that weird gay. But yeah, like, Triple H had a fairly glittering legacy in terms of booking women's wrestling, right through to when NXT was completely on its ass in the Wednesday Night Wars. Mm. The women's division was still something to watch, and it's just not really panned out. Uh, I think he has relied on matches in the place of stories. It's going underreported, in my opinion, that, uh, well, maybe not because I mentioned this on every podcast now, but it's going underreported, in my opinion, that like WWE have fallen afoul of the exact same uh, mistakes AEW making in terms of how much um, accessibility the women are getting. It tends to be one match or one segment or one angle, certainly not a great deal more. Yeah. Yeah. On either show at the moment, it doesn't feel like there's much in the way of a division. Maybe it's a bigger task than he realized at first, so that's why he's leading with his... It's franchise players, as you say, will just do this and do this until the rest fixes itself. Um, but I'm with you, certainly in terms of damage guitar and how it's played out. I do sense that we are on the slow road to a daily. We're, we're not even laughing at damage guitar now. Huh? I love yeah, it. It's just like, <laughs> this is I'm what gonna, it's called. <laughs> I got a lot of rage. We're probably fighting a cage. <laughs> this is, really isn't our stage. Like the, our sense this is leading to a Bailey babyface turn. I think yeah. the group will eventually turn on her because she does feel like a loser. This yeah, plan of hers to assume control via winning all the belts has gone fine up to the point where she had to win the big one. And you don't, I'm assuming you're with me here, like you don't sense a Bailey victory tonight. It doesn't certainly doesn't feel the night. I did share with you over the uh, the desks this morning my prediction for how I feel this will go down. And this felt like it was uh, a little tell on, it was on Halloween Havoc actually. They played the advert for this Raw a couple of times and they were leading with this. And then this is not something WWE often do, but it has been a staple of the um, Triple H regime so far is he has enjoyed uh localized returns or he has done little things where for example uh, chad gables had a nightmare when he's gone to canada yeah for example and then there was a week where braun Strowman said i'm gonna kill you in your own hometown they've done things with the local area that they can benefit from and they have advertised that raw is from charlotte north carolina the queen city the queen city assuming bianca Belair was to win and assuming this does go on last and they're looking for the big finish the big finale and indeed the big talking point tomorrow could this mark the return of Charlotte right back to the top of... Well, Jazz division, Flair back on the scene. Yeah, a division she hasn't been a part of for mm. months now. Mm, very interesting to think of. Um, and also, you correctly pointed out this morning as well that if that does happen, well, tomorrow's news video is taken care of. Oh, baby. yeah, we're good. we're good for thumbnails. Instant comes, thumbnail, we, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice and easy. Uh, little mirror into the... A window into the content world. Yeah, um, yeah. Interesting to consider Charlotte. Um, initially, when she took time off, it was like her and Andrade are getting married in Mexico. Fair play. And then Andrade returned like the next week. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Cool. <laughs> Charlotte's obviously just taking another couple of weeks. Time trumbled on. Uh, Andrade, I believe, said, and this kind of went underreported as well, given the other content of this interview. Mm. Uh, but 
Andrade has said that Charlotte, uh, she has personal stuff uh, she's been dealing with. Uh, she will reveal that in, in her own time, mm-hmm. fair play. Uh, so it's obviously not something you go, I demand to know what Charlotte's been out yeah. with or any nonsense like that. It's Where's like, my figure eight leg locks? Yeah. God damn it, why have you done in my division? <laughs> not to do an impression of any disgraced former chairman and CEOs of this loser. company. Uh, yeah, big old <laughs> losers. Um, she's they, They've kind of kept her in your... Aware, sphere of awareness, though, because they always run the video package almost every show. I'm Charlotte Flair. This is my division. Yes, all that that's stuff. True, yeah. It airs constantly. It's aired constantly since Triple H took on the head of creative role. So you've seen that video package a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they've. I don't know if that's conscious, if that's them trying to say, hey, keep Charlotte in your mind because something's going to happen at some point. Or if it's just a case of, we have two minutes to fill. Ah. Let's fill it. Which, to be fair... There's a Bobby Lashley one that kicks about as well, isn't there? Yeah. He's class, two minutes. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, they showed the the one of his, like, amateur wrestling background on NXT, uh, Halloween Havoc and stuff. Between the two matches that I watched in full, I saw that. (laughs) Um, I skimmed the rest. I had a very busy weekend. Um, But to circle back... Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see them doing that. Like you mentioned, the hometown thing. Charlotte's better as a heel than as a yeah. face. And if Bianca retains, then Bianca is a great baby-faced position against her because it's the classic thing of nobody would want Bianca. Like, as a shoot, nobody would probably want Bianca yeah. to lose to Charlotte as a heel. So you can work that aspect, and it'd be very good. That could line up a... We could be lining up a monster War Games field as well because if you have Charlotte with damage Katara, at least for the benefit of the War Games, and... A fifth heel, you know, TBC. Mm. You are looking at Bianca Belair and possibly a returning Becky Lynch if she can go. Yeah. And possibly returning Sasha Banks and Naomi if that's uh, all signed, sealed, delivered for then. Oh like oh Candice LeRae yeah. that is like known as this like in WWE War Games law to be this hard as nail survivor in the stipulation. It's a tasty looking match. If I know that's fantasy booking at this point, but if you start putting those pieces together. Not too shabby, is it? No, not at all. Um, and there's probably something clever you could do with. Uh, the aspect of Candice and Kai being on opposite yeah. sides after that, the, in my opinion, the greatest WWE War Games match. Agree. Um, comfortably, like great stuff across the boards. Uh, if there's a way to get Raquel in there, you want about the 2021 where yeah, they yeah. try to put the bin on her head? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, <laughs> of course, the uh, all-time great one. Um, <laughs> typically, the WWE War Games matches aren't really for me. For me, the like and look, the the legacy of War Games in general, I think, is a little bit overstated, right? Mm. Even historically, there are more not so good ones than there are good ones, Agreed. and there are probably yeah. only about two that you could say are stone cold classics. Um, but for me, the WWE ones in general have veered more to the stunt show spot fest side of things rather than the like brutal, gritty, horrible, you don't want to be in here storytelling aspect, which is what made the WCW one so great. Yeah. Like you don't get things like that incredible opening exchange between our favorite Barry Windham and Steve <laughs> Austin going hell-bent for life. You don't generally get that in the WWE ones. It's more like, hey, I've put a bin on my head and I'm going to jump off, which, don't get me wrong, is cool and fun. Uh, But I like it a bit more when it's story-driven. So, yeah, I always go back to that that, that one with the turn and all of that. I thought that match was genuinely excellent. It was one of my favorite WWE matches, probably of the past however many years. And if they can invoke that spirit and tell a similar story, which they absolutely have the personnel to do with all the different dynamics. That's been the fun bit, I think, at the moment, speculating 
talent who goes into these matches yeah. on, in men's and women's, isn't it? Yeah. They've got such a loaded roster at the moment that you, regardless of how the quality pans out, I think you're right. I think they can veer two wildly different ways in WWE. But it's really fun at the moment to be trying to put their, in a kind of old Survivor Series way, actually, yeah. put the pieces together of who would make up the speculative teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and again, I keep cycling back to this point when we talk about this era of WWE, is that even though, obviously, I'm a bit personally disappointed with how damaged Katarl, Citral, yeah. um, uh, damage Cetral, <laughs> that's my version. Um, I'm a bit disappointed with how that's panned out so far, but the thing is, with Vince gone, and with Triple H running the show, mm-hmm. no matter what you think of the changes he's made, if you think it's been this dramatic overhaul, or just like a gradual logical improvement, or somewhere in between, or maybe if you even think it's not been that much fun, yeah. um, you can actually earnestly look forward to booking now, which is good, yes, because definitely. you know that things aren't just going to be abandoned, and like, say what you will about Triple H's booking, it is... Um, it is often quite straightforward. He and plots. It's, he always yes. plots. Yeah. He does, he does. And it always follows a through line of logic as well. He's a very logical booker for the most part, Triple H. And uh, if you can see something happening in the future, yeah, it's probably going to happen and you're probably going to have a good time. Well, speaking of something happening in the future and hopefully having a good time, um, Seth Rollins and Mustafa Ali really heated things up last week. Um, we'd There'd been teases of exactly how much Ali was going to be involved in the US title picture back when there was the Bobby Lashley Open Challenge and a pretty cool match on Raw, and then Seth Rollins getting folded in after Extreme Rules and yada, yada, yada. And that's what they led with as the big angle last week. Um, Raw went off the air with Seth Rollins celebrating a victory over Matt Riddle, more on him a little bit later. But with that completely done and dusted, and that match certainly Mm -hmm. served to exist for that, Mm -hmm. um, Ali was getting some revenge on an attack from earlier in the night. Seth had uh, given him a bit of a cheap shot and tried to pie him off as a challenger. Look, this... May or may not be crown jewel because, as usual, the tricky politics of that situation apply of something yes. with which Mustafa Ali has been wrapped up in in the past. But that's November the 5th. Survivor Series will be on the horizon after the fact. And neither of these two feel like obvious candidates for the War Games main event. So that card is going to need other stuff as well. And, yeah, I suppose with nothing advertised currently, it feels like WWE will certainly at least do a will X respond to Y or maybe yeah. one of these two men will be in action. So just in general, what's your take on this angle? And I suppose, and as well, to extend off that, Rollins as the US champion, based on Triple H, in my opinion, earnestly trying to build these shows around his secondary champions. Yeah. He's yeah. fixed yeah. the big Roman Reigns double belt problem by just making top guys out of his secondary champs. Yeah. So that now, theoretically, is Ali and Seth Rollins' spot. Yeah, and it, it, personnel-wise, it's really nice to see um, Mustafa Ali kind of given a chance to play a more prominent role, for sure. Because even after, like, Triple H took over the pencil, it's my mm. favourite phrase, he's got the pencil now, brother. Um, Mus- while I'm having a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, early days, Ali wasn't really featuring. No. I think he had a couple of short, raw matches, but he was in that little one-night tournament gimmick they did. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't really doing a whole lot, so... You, you can't push everyone at once. You can't elevate everyone all at the same time. People are going to need to wait their turns. Uh, and he waited a couple of months, and now he's here. He's closing shows. He's, getting, he's rubbing shoulders with guys like Seth the Chef, uh, who I think is the most consistent WWE wrestler of like the past five years mm. uh, in terms of in-ring quality and what he brings to the table. Like He's nailed the WWE format so much. This This character is like... It's really stupid, but really great because it's <laughs> invincible. He can yeah. lose every single match and still be extremely over and have the crowd going, oh, and all of that. He's he's cracked the code, um, and he's a deft, to borrow a Michael Sidgwick phrase, a deft choice as United States champion mm-hmm. because uh, he will guarantee good matches with whoever he wrestles. So I'm really into the pairing. 
the construction of it. Um, yeah, a little bit. We we we're still cooking. We're still cooking. We've just put this. We've just put this beef on the stove. Yeah. Um. So I I don't really have a strong feel for how the feud's going to pan out or my level of investment just yet. I would like to see Ali get some earnest promo time. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't, maybe you remember the, the the era we went through where he was doing the self project self produced vignettes. Yes. Uh, and he was like just yeah. like hanging out and and cutting these really raw gritty promos mm-hmm. with a different production style. Maybe he could do that, or maybe he could just like speak from the heart on Raw. Um. I think that. Triple H, for all his qualities as a booker, does have a tendency to book baby faces as these like cool guys, cool guys yeah. who are, who are well, tough and have no grit, weaknesses. Yeah, well, that's great. Even Johnny Gargano recently has been tapping into that sort yeah. of stuff, and yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's something I would like to see a bit more variety to. And I think Ali is a good guy to do that. He's very likable. He's very earnest. Um, he's a big favorite of of like us nerds who are online a lot yeah. and stuff. I'm love to use terms like IWC because I think that's hideously outdated right. in the year of our content 2022. Everyone has the internet this year, my <laughs> friends. The IWC doesn't exist anymore because it's literally everybody. Yeah, you may hate the community, but it's a community nonetheless. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Come on, friends. Um, but yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it on a surface level. I think tonight will be the real acid test to determine where this is going to go and how, how good it's going to be. Mm. But the, again, again, the match will be great so <laughs> you that's that's always like the, you can always end a, a triple h wwe take yeah. on that because he tends to make those parents and they yeah, yeah that must be great yeah. so like but, but like this is the most talent rich era in probably in re, like rest north american wrestling history so that should be the case in every show should be every single show yeah uh speaking of something that reflects the polar opposite of that exact thing i've just described because i forgot to include it in the notes um but i'll just see if i can get your opinion on it quickly last week uh the miz and dexter Lumis did not happen a full-on bait mm-hmm. and switch because the miz was in a panic over wanting to face dexter at all yeah. And indeed, we learned that uh, Johnny Gargano may know why Dexter has been chasing the maze and also why the maze has never just gone to the police with this, which at least does explain what we were kind of putting over as a plot hole. It was like every week it was like, Miss, you let him off with all sorts last Monday and now you're here at work again and he's doing most to just call the police and he didn't. And now we know why. It's because... Something has occurred between the Miz and Dexter Loomis that Gargano knows. Um, like, again, we have, I didn't put this in the notes. So I understand if you haven't got anything on this because it's weird and it's lame and it isn't, and it isn't part of your Tuesday jurisdiction to have to engage in the specific bit of Raw. Do you have any thoughts on what it is that Gargano's got? There is a, there is a lingering ghost at the feast in the form of old man Champa who has been missing for quite a while and of course he links back to Gargano who would link to Loomis and all this stuff like is it him is it darker is it Mm. what's I'm starting to like the dark what's going on Yeah, so I, I will say that the execution of this stuff is not really for me Mm. Uh, I have big balls I come through the ring and Chase the guy who has big oh, yeah, balls. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I, I must confess, I usually d- d- don't. Ah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I fast forward through this stuff yeah. most weeks, um, or at least get the key beats and then move on, get enough to know what I'm talking about. Um, there aren't many East Ass. No. <laughs> so it's not for me. Um, I don't bury things in the year of our content yeah. bloke 2022, though, so I won't be doing that here. Um, you're a good I'll, egg. I'll, I think you're a good egg for that. Yeah, I, I, just do that. Kind of I just do that when the microphone's off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, the week-to-week hasn't been for me so far. I will say, however, that I'm kind of curious as to what this is because... Yeah. They've they've obviously put a lot of effort into this, into the execution of the Loomis comeback through those like unorthodox angles. Um, so while I'm not particularly invested in the idea of a blow off match between, <laughs> between Sam Shaw and Mike Mizanin, no. uh, I, I I am interested in the hook. I am definitely keen to learn what might be up uh, their sleeves. Uh, Gargano is registering as a bit of a smart ass, a bit of a na 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 kind yeah. of I know something you don't know, and that. Does doesn't really land with me for babyface uh, content, but roping Champa in again. There's all kinds of storyline potential there. Old man Champa has not been there, as you pointed out. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm here for the resolution. Uh, the journey so far has just been a bit weird. <laughs> I didn't think this was going anywhere, and it is apparent that it is going somewhere. So that's like the most generous mm. of passing grades I can give it. But I'm the same as you. I'm a wrestling will get me forever. On like a wrestler can just come out. The acting can be terrible. The dialogue can be terrible. The scripting can be rubbish. But one wrestler can be like, "I know a thing," and in three weeks I'm going to tell you that thing. And the wrestler doesn't know I know the thing. Could, okay, I mean, like it, it's it's just like a, a, a cheat code or something. Yeah. Well, that's a mystery. I guess um, I'm in then. The end result of this could well be uh, Johnny Gargano as Daniel Bryan uh, sitting Dexter Loomis in a room across a Dexter Loomis lookalike, <laughs> a la Eric Rowan. It could be something as whack as that, and then it never happened. That we never hear from it again. But I hope not, because I would hope that Triple H is smarter than that. Maybe get Eric Rowan in himself, but like make him Eric Red Tash and just like <laughs> have him face to face with Dexter, but just with the moustache and no beard. He's like, wait a second. And his hair combed to the side <laughs> as well, of course, yes. Um, we did have a substantial development, I suppose, for an existing wrestler who'd gone quiet in the Triple H era last week, uh, albeit with a very familiar one tacked onto it. Baron Corbin returned alongside JBL. Uh, he defeated Dolph Ziggler. Um, in a match we've seen a million times before, but I guess they were trying to dress it as something new because JBL was offended that people backstage are just taking the easy way out and it was Dolph Ziggler that he had to punish with that. He's like this kind of like old man. There was an element of like Undertaker, there's no guns and knives in his business anymore, but I know a guy that would bring guns and knives to Baron Corbin because he's just <laughs> going to shoot the animal and doesn't have to cut it up when he's cut it. Uh, what, but that was the gist, wasn't it? Like everybody now... <laughs> 
Everything else backstage is... Do more drugs so- and stop playing video games. Yeah, like every backstage... <laughs> That's how The Undertaker speaks. Totally, man. Everybody backstage is a loser, but the one guy I like isn't, and the guy I like is Baron Corbin. And I'm friends with my friend. <laughs> and he beats... Uh, he beats Stal Ziggler. Mixed feelings. I, I like Corbin. Um, yes. Mixed feelings on all of this, I think. But it's only week two. Uh, more of the same this week, or do they drop him in, in an, into an angle, or what? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um... Yeah, I like Corbin too. I think he's he's just the really good shit eating heel, isn't yeah. he? Um, he's really since he kind of started veering away from like the lone wolf stuff. Strikes me, strikes me as a guy that knows what real heat is, but oh, yeah, yeah. he wasn't permitted to get it. He had yeah. to go low because of Vince. Not a guy who's interested in in having your four five star matches or whatever. Not no. interested in any of that. He just wants to play an effective sports en- entertainment style heel, and he knows what gets under people's mm. skin. And he's very effective. I think he's a huge credit to the company, honestly, um, because he's the perfect roadblock for any uh, babyface who might be advancing up yes. the card uh, to the main event scene and stuff. And he's proven himself in that role. The, the material over the years hasn't always been perfect. The Roman Reigns feud went on forever and ever and ever, uh, but that was that might as well have happened in a different millennia yeah. because Roman Reigns is a very different man now um I liked you know when he was bum ass Corbin he lost all his yeah. money grew the beard out and stuff I was heavy into that I was heavy into happy Corbin uh this I am keeping at arm's length for now mm. uh, I don't think Baron Corbin benefits much from having JBL as his manager yes he's a former champion and all of this stuff and you know WWE uh condition you to receive him as a big deal and all of this and I guess he is when you look at the, the, the way he was positioned in his company throughout the run when the acolyte split and all of that yeah. um but carbon's a pretty good talker and he has personality and he has goof heel goof goof heel goof. charisma uh coming out of his eyeballs i'm not really sure he needs this so i'm not too sure of the point of it to be perfectly honest mm. but i would like to be proven wrong and i hope i am I do think you'll get more of the same this week. A little promo, braggadocious kind of thing. Yeah. My comparison last week was um, to the rockabilly gimmick because you've got a six foot seven brick S house, um, but like just overwhelmed by the undeniable star quality of the Honky Tonk Man and JBL, respectively. Yeah. It's not that I yeah. think, and I do, I think this in both cases, I like the younger version way more than the legend representing them. Me but too. Legends are legends are legends, and their star power is undeniable, and they do radiate a certain energy that it's hard to overcome. And you I, look what happened with Rockabilly. After six months of nout, he smashed a guitar over yeah. Honky Tonk Man's head and got started again. You know, are we three weeks away from JBL eating an end of days and this just being Corbin using and abusing him to get back into a yeah. profile? I don't know. It just, it, I'm the same. I, I get the intent, but I'm not sure it was necessary. I'm glad you used the Rockabilly comparison because I almost made the grave mistake of talking about Bobby Heenan and Ric Flair there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get it, though. I yeah, get it, but yeah. yeah. It's a similar idea, just, you know, that... Mm. Uh, <laughs> JBL's not Bobby Heenan, no. um, so yeah, no, I, I, I could see that panning out. It could be, could be. I think Corbin's just a fun presence, mm. or oh, his big smile. He knows how to wind people up. Um, I got a really weird DM last week, actually, talking about this Baron Corbin thing on on the news and stuff. Someone just DM me out of the blue and went, "Personally, I believe that Baron Corbin is better than ninety percent of the AEW roster." And I was like, "What? That's a weird thing to say." They serve completely different functions in I mean, pro wrestling, un- un- unless they know something about the real war of twenty twenty four and Corbin's deals up or something like that. And this yeah, is a, this is going to be negotiations for Baron. Well, that was a weird thing to come out. Can we not appreciate all styles of? Well, not all styles. I mean, I'm not, not much of a 
deathmatch fan personally, yeah. but you know, I appreciate. There's a place what Baron Corbin does, I think. Yeah, there's Definitely. a place for deathmatches as well. Um, JBL, put them in. Put them in. Uh, speaking, not that I, you know, want them to get hurt. But speaking of deathmatches, well, not the kayfabe kind over there, I guess. But like going to Crown Jewel, uh, the last week set up three actually on the card matches. Um, there's no advertised stuff for these yet, but you would assume there's going to be development. We don't know if there's going to be an appearance by Brock Lesnar because Triple H has ripped up the format when it comes to using him. He's appeared mm. as a surprise as well as an advertised appearance, so which is quite an interesting thing to do because you can set the precedent that Brock might be there without actually having to deliver him. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite smart on Triple H. It's what they did with, it's what AEW did with Punk. At the, yeah. And absolutely. it's what WWE did with Bray at Extreme Rules. There was such a desperation around a Brock Lesnar appearance such a long time because they knew that he would theoretically bank them a couple of hundred thousand viewers. And even then that started to dissipate. So I think that was yeah. quite wise on uh, Triple H's behalf. But he's, Brock Lesnar's one of them. Um, it's Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, obviously at Crown Jewel. It's also Braun Strowman versus Omas. There was a face off between the two on SmackDown, um, which is where we got the first visual of what that will look Who like. Who is the giantest the giant? Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, hey man, the OC are back and of course ready to take on the Judgment Day. Um, Carl Anderson will be working Crown Jewel after questions were asked about how possibly he could be in opposite sides of the world at the same time. Yeah, it's a big work, boys. It it's is, a big uh, work. You know, they only get paid in Kazesh. Uh, any thoughts on how any of those three angles will develop tonight? Will there be something? Will there be nothing? Videos, whatnot? The Judgment Day hot stuff yes they have out there so they have insane heat yeah. at the moment um, but yeah that, those are on the those are on the board for yeah. crown jewel so do you expect much for any of those tonight my my overwhelming hope coming out of this show is that we get more discourse about f- somehow flying from osaka japan to riyadh saudi arabia <laughs> yeah. on the same day people on social media were it was it was good value like it was Jericho really good Concord value from when he was working fozzy shows yeah in towns, yeah. yeah it was like a, unless carl anderson packs a tardis i don't think it's happening <laughs> um, but yeah i mean that whole thing's a massive work just yeah. look at the tokyo sports stuff um uh, where are we? Where are we? I mean, the the Judgment Day stuff is always going to be hugely heated because mm. people now have permission to jeer Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Um, and it it's it's really good stuff. Rhea Ripley needs all the credit in the world for her role in all of this. Hey, she's obviously not wrestling in that match, um, but she's been tremendous. Yeah. She just gets like a second of screen time and just owns it straight away. Mm. Uh, I, so I don't, I don't know if you're going to get any... Maybe you'll get like a... Oh, goodness gracious. Imagine a Dominic versus Luke Gallows oh singles my match. God. <laughs> we know they listen. Like, and, and if it's not on the whiteboard backstage yet, make it so. Daddy Dangles versus Subanik. Oh, oh man. God. That could be someone else. Off of Victory <laughs> he turns his attention to Luke Gallows. He just beat the real best wrestler of all time. Now he's going after the other best wrestler of all time. Can you imagine him mocking <laughs> the big LG's bicep pose? Dominic licking his biceps. <laughs> doing a flex. Necking on with his own arm. With his upside down bicep. <laughs> that hangs the wrong Judgment way. Day doing their awesome laughing meme and just pissing <laughs> themselves on the floor. Damien Priest and Finn Balor laughing at Dominic did a double bicep. Oh my god. Gary Strider from Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> I would think. Has Brock been advertised for this show? He's not. Um, last week was that wicked brawl. Uh, brawl where yeah. Bobby Lashley hoed him through a table. They couldn't be separated the whole deal. So I would think that they'll prop. Maybe they'll go down like the. Yeah, you're not allowed to beat each other up between now and the peep. Yeah. Kind of. I think they'll probably go down that kind of route with this. Maybe they'll do another brawl this week. I would love to see them do when they had that ridiculously awesome Braun versus Bobby feud and they speared through the wall and all of that. They yeah, went yeah. through the stage. Like, I would love a stunt of that caliber. Uh, fun Brock lifting up the ring with the tractor. Like, it yeah. doesn't need to be that elaborate, but I'd like something of that ilk. I'd like an eyeball popping visual because mm. I love Bobby Lashley. He's my favorite guy in WWE. He has been for 
ages, and I like Cowboy Brock as well, so it should be fun. What's the other match? Braun and Omos. Oh, the, yes. Braun was calling himself the monster of among monsters and MVP, and Omos took that personally. Do an arm wrestle, man. Do big, some, do big some guys. arm wrestling. Arm, hey, arm wrestling yeah. does numbers on the YouTube channel yes. as well. Do it. So that's a, that's a great shout, yeah. It's like arm wrestling and weddings are the two most over-deliveries wrestling segments ever. They're always yeah. ace. Like, it's the kind of, they're advertising, you think, this is going to suck. Yeah. And then you watch it, you're like, oh, okay. Remember, it's, yeah, it's great. Class one from 96 where Bulldog just launches the arm wrestling table. And think about what an awkward item that is. Like longer than you remember doing science at school where it was like lower lower surface area equals greater pressure. Yes. So it was like the high heel shoe versus the elephant's foot. Rather than a Dudley Boy style table, the Bulldog's arm wrestling table across Armour Johnson's back. <laughs> yeah. <Jesus> Christ, <laughs> brutal stuff, man. Brutal stuff. Um, speaking of well, certainly what I thought was brutal stuff, uh, we'll end on this. Uh, Elias has come back with Strange last week. Uh, guy kind of got his ass kicked. He, yeah, he was ostensibly presented as a baby face. Um, Riddle was required to go back to the most Vince McMahon of riddles and he went ahead of my burn, which definitely means play the drums because I, uh, like, well, I said you explain there was like a double meaning, but I didn't pick that up. Um, so, <laughs> well, like, you see. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Elias and Riddle have this, like, theoretically friendly exchange. It's weed, actually. Ideas. It's, yeah, well, it, that was what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Not cigarettes. I couldn't, I couldn't catch the symbolism. The mad I've, cabbage. I've never seen this. I'll look again for it with Riddle this week because I've never spotted it up until devils, now. Devil's, devil's uh, avocado. Disco biscuits. Whoa. Which were actually a product from Aldi for a bit. They were just biscuits with like Smarties in oh, and they looked man. like disco lights. And then someone's like, hang on a second. I'll, I'll stick <laughs> to the crusty crock when it comes yeah. to Aldi. You need to realise what you're selling there. <laughs> yeah. Was this, are you on the same page as me here? Was this setting up an Elias heel turn on Riddle? And <sighs> inexplicably, the next move for Riddle following quite a substantial program with Seth Rollins yeah. is uh, Elias? Well, tonally, Riddle's been all over the place. I get that he's the wacky, uh, the wacky disco biscuit man. Right. But like, like the find the go home segment for the 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 fight pit was like, I'm supposed to be receiving this as this deep personal rivalry where you're mentioning divorces and estranged families yeah. and stuff, and Riddle standing there going bro and whacking around and goofing mm. off, and I'm like, gee whiz, like stick with a tone, guys. Like yeah. this, it was like a bad Marvel movie, like you know the yeah. the really crap ones, like like. Or the dark world, where it just <laughs> veers from something you're supposed to receive as serious to like slapstick, and it doesn't work. That's kind of what Riddle's been like for me, and we're we're in that lane again. Um, I see the value in Elias. I think he's a useful mid card act. It's mm. it's yeah, it's a one note gimmick, but it's a one note gimmick that has gotten over and stayed over in the past, particularly as a heel. It's really simple. When someone's quite charismatic, you have them sing a song about a hometown sports team, yes. and you're off. It literally always works. It's cheesy. Uh, it's whatever, but cheesy in this case is a compliment and not an insult. Um, so I think Elias can get over again, um, starting off in a. Dumbass com- comedy feud with Ooh. Riddle is probably not how I would do it, but um, does seem we're heading in that direction. I think Elias should be heel. I don't think he should be a babyface straight away. If you're going to turn, it should be like they did last time, where it was like, oh, he's getting really positive reactions. Yeah, let's 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 squeeze that egg. What squeeze, squeeze the egg <laughs> until all the yolk comes out. Squeeze up. the egg. Yeah, I think um, I think we could well be in front of the Elias concert tonight as he attempts to just do what he wanted to do last week, play his song. Riddle interrupts again because he's stupid and has no idea that that's irritating to Elias. 
They yeah. agree to have a tag match, and then it's there where maybe not all tonight. This, but like this is where you set up that where it all yeah. falls apart between the two, and Elias reveals his true colours or whatever. And it probably even ends with Riddle getting the win. But that's the nature of the Elias character. I get yeah. another Corbin type figure. Where it's okay to have people that are fundamentally there to set somebody up or gatekeep away from bigger pictures yeah. until the time is right. So maybe that's how work. you build a good roster. It have is. people on levels. It is. And I guess, to Triple H's respect, uh, it's how you uh, build a good preview show. Because despite only one match, we've at least been able to fill enough time to uh, get our mid-roll ad in yeah. the middle. So thank you there for you that. There you go, baby. There you go. Extra money for the boys. Tick, 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 tick. can tick. buy a can of Coke now. We've, we've, yet, again, we've yet again completed Monday Night Raw. But like zero sugar, not full fat Coke. That's, yeah, like yeah. probably best to keep off Makes that. me feel like dirt. I learned that lesson too late in my life as yeah. well. So if as anybody who listens to this is still young enough to have a chance, don't get yeah, like get that life. big belly and furry teeth. Like get on the zero and the <laughs> Teeth. Yeah, don't get don't get on the zero like fat soft drinks and the Pepsi Max yeah. of the world because they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean the artificial sweeteners are probably just as bad. Oh Christ, what damage are they doing? Yeah. I don't. I'll, I'll learn about those when I'm yeah. dead. Uh, if uh, I endorse none of this, if you're not dead. Subscribe to uh, <laughs> and even if you are, subscribe to what Culture Wrestling Podcast wherever you get this for more of this. We'll be back tomorrow with See the um, hole in the roof. I've just noticed a hood in a... Sorry, viewers. There's a hood in the size of a hole in the roof. In I would say it's an audio medium, but I think they all realise that's where the fiend comes I was about to say, the fiend could fit through there quite... De- oh, my God. What is that up there? Like, fuzzy stuff. Grimace's teeth. It's maybe... Maybe it's an escape hatch okay. for... It could be, actually, Stax's quick-access route to his... Um, ah, yes. There's a... landing place. Uh, now, listen, I'm on the controls today, oh and I understand God. there's a noise for that. Uh-oh. Oh, I've pressed the wrong... Sounds. There we go. This could go horribly wrong. Right. Uh, yes, I'm not going to put, put on one of the ones where you're talking about your willies. Uh, that, where is it? Where that was is the, it? That was ah, the here he is. All right, do the voice. I, it's weird. I saw the door open, but Stax hasn't walked through. I... Oh, 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 right, okay. Maybe. Maybe yeah. Stax will return from holiday this week. There's your, there's your, there's your, there's your, uh, your Miz and uh, Dexter Loomis style tease for the remainder of the What Culture podcast. That's but, a good point. Go on, give, give us another button. Uh, yeah, I need to get away from this particular menu. Uh, uh, when, how long has Adam Wilborn been on holiday for? That's really they good. Are. There you go. Yeah. But he will be back. Um, and then conveniently, Stacks might be kicking around as well. Um, in the meantime, Murray, if, uh, if you'd like people to follow you, where can they find you on Twitter at? Uh, Andy H. Murray, the H stands for hey, yes, we just added like five minutes onto this for no reason. I love it. I got it. It's called money. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) I'm I'm at Michael Amphlett. All of us are at What Culture WB. Sincerely, thank you for going nuts, man. (laughs) Going nuts. Spending some of your day with us. I'm not even sure if you can hear me over the beds of these buttons. Is that even coming through? I don't know. I don't know if that's even registering. Who knows? If it's not. The audio listeners are sitting there going, what the hell? Why is there silence in the middle of this? But on the note of the Shane McMahon suffering that we experienced, we're going to do it anyway. We will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.